Today's episode of the Rough Drafts Podcast is brought to you by the newly updated sportsbook at Unicorn.com. Unicorn has been a sponsor since the beginning, and this is honestly the best looking and most convenient the site has ever really been. Their new TV guide style layout has made finding and betting a breeze. And with a newly designed and intuitive bet slip, all the information and even access to multi-bets are at your fingertips. I've already gotten started with my LPL and LCK outrights, and even though it's only been a day into the regular season, KT has already let me down, but Unicorn won't. So check out Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to week seven of the NALCS Guess the Lines podcast. We are two thirds of the way through the split. The standings have very clearly delineated themselves. It looks like we know who the playoff teams are going to be and who the not playoff teams are going to be, but there's still a lot of room in those little margins, a lot of tightly packed spaces where you can see competition is going to be fierce over the next three weeks. And, and I can't think of anyone I'd rather have break down all of these little fun, exciting matchups than my good friend and co-host, Walter Cietis Petchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? My, my brain is broken when it comes to North America. Um, uh, I, I, it's TSM's to lose, and I'm not even saying that as a TSM fanboy here. Like, I, I think it's TSM's to lose. Yeah. Um, just because all the other teams that... This is a, a, we know what six teams are making the playoffs. I, with the exception of maybe Phoenix One having you know, sort of a rise here, um, maybe like they could potentially be the seventh, but I think we have our, our six playoff teams. I think we're set. I think they're going to be TSM, Immortals, CLG, Dignitas, Envious, and Cloud9. Mm-hmm. What order they're going to be in, with the exception of TSM being number one, hell if I know. <laughs> it's uh, uh, this was this was a bad week to be a, a, a legacy org not named TSM. I'll put it that way. It was it was a bad week to be Cloud9 or CLG. It was a weird week in general. And I, I think it's one of those things that reminds me of, of some of the, the jokes that people made after Brexit, where the people have spoken and what they want is complete chaos. This week felt that way to me. It was chaos. I was like, with the teams that I expected to make really strong efforts didn't quite come in there. You know, Phoenix won. You know, you talk about maybe they can make a rise. Like, now they are three games back of the six seed after they went 0-2 this week. And now, like, it, it feels almost impossible with just six left to play that they could catch a team like Cloud9. Uh, certainly teams that are four games ahead like Dignitas and Envious. It's a very tall task. And it's, like, uh, given what we just saw at Rift Rivals, that breaks my brain a bit. Um, but let's, let's talk about the thing that, that made us the most excited, that we enjoyed the most from this week. Uh, what was your up of the week, Walter? Um, my my up is gonna go to to Envious and Dignitas. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna give it to those guys because we have have wanted from them probably all split and even Dignitas like last split. We've wanted proof that they can they can play in the big dogs yard, and um, yeah, I mean taking out CLG and and Cloud Nine with kind of definitive two O's. 
I, I again, here's the problem. Does it say more about Dignitas and Envious, or does it say more about CLG and Cloud9, or is it just that there's four, maybe five teams or six teams, if you want to include Immortals and Phoenix One, that could just all beat each other? That just any given day, one team's better than the other. They crush each other. I, I don't know. Like that. That's that's where it's in my head, and I I don't want to like. I don't want to give away my down, but my down is Cloud9 and CLG for getting O2'd by Dignitas and Envious. Like, that that's where we live right now, is these four teams are now all kind of on equal footing. And I, I, I there's nothing that definitively tells me Envious is better than Cloud9. We can say, well, Envious just two owed them, but yeah, but they two owed them. But, like, if you play that series again tomorrow... Cloud9 could easily 2-0 Envious. Like, that's the problem that I'm having here is any given day, either one of these teams could crush the other or it could be, like, this really close three-game series and just Envious and Dignitas were the two teams that showed up on Saturday and Cloud9 and CLG were, you know, recovering from a Friday night hangover or something like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm broken. Like, my brain is broken looking at this and, and trying to figure out, like, okay, who do I trust? Because I don't trust any of these teams. <laughs> I don't trust... If, 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 if aliens invaded tomorrow and said, give us a full team of players, and I have to pick a full... I have to pick an organization. I have to say, Envious' roster is going to go play for me. I, TSM I trust out of North America. But, like, I, you can shake your head all you want. Whatever. No, I do. No, no I, I agree. Like, I'm shaking my head at, at, at everything underneath because I agree with you. I don't know who I, don't know who I throw out there. And like yeah, like TSM is certainly looking the best right now. But we have seen spurts in which, you know, in, in the early half of the season, they have they've had some moments yeah. here and there. Um, but certainly, I mean, they're far and above. They've got a seventy-four percent win percentage right now. That is significantly higher than any other team. The next closest is Immortals at sixty-three. Uh, they are the most consistent. But any of those teams underneath them, you have to look at. Do I trust? On do I go by like which players I like more? Do I trust by to go by the team that I think? strategically has put the most together like i like envious a lot but that's because i like lira and i believe that he inspires such a great mm -hmm. early game for them and gives them so many options on that end that it makes them a very difficult team to take down but then you look at the rest of their roster it's like well are they at the same level you know wouldn't, wouldn't you rather have maybe someone like someday in the top lane who could really hold things down and, and altec looked great this week which he's a guy that is just refused to let me like him or hate him throughout his entire career. Every time I'm down on him, he looks really great. Every time I'm super high on him, he struggles. And I just pick Alltech, please, like for my sanity's sake, decide whether you're good or not. No, 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 no. This is Adrian. Uh, this this is about Adrian. Adrian is the one that is an like I don't think Alltech is playing any differently. I think Adrian is just inherently good at figuring out what his AD carries need from him and playing to that style. We saw it with Wild Turtle. We saw it with Arrow. We've seen him when he's been dropped in these other situations, and now here he is with Alltech. I think an entirely different style from the other two players where he's adjusting to him. You see Adrian, he, he's roaming early on, but he is staying next to Alltech in team fights. It doesn't matter if Alltech is starting to take a step back. Adrian's kind of backing off with him and being like, no, no, buddy, like, I got you. I will make sure no one hurts you. I'm never going to let you down. I'm never going to give you up. Like, the whole meme, the whole shebang. 
And it's working because now all tech, you can see there's like this confidence where he knows I can go forward and I have someone who's going to peel for me, which I haven't seen from him uh, in a while. So I, I don't want to like gush about all tech too much, but like, yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting is like, there are, there are strengths on every single one of these teams. Envious has Lyra, Dignitas has Someday, uh, CLG has Dardock, uh, and, and sort of the, like the team thing. And then Cloud9 has Jensen, but then every one of these teams have these like Achilles heel kind of weaknesses where you're like that can be enough to sink that team. Like if 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 you know if CLG can uh, exploit um, can exploit Envious's bottom lane or Envious's mid lane, like that's you know a weakness that they can exploit. You know, et cetera, et cetera. It's just man, that first weekend of the playoffs is gonna be fun. That's yeah. gonna be enterta- That's gonna be like four or five game series, entertaining as hell. I got to be honest, I'm super excited that I'm going to be able to go to the uh, the LCS finals because I feel like whatever combination of four teams gets past the first round is going to be fun. Oh, the entire playoffs is going to be fun. And, and you know, it's funny because, you know, you brought up uh, Adrian, and I'm looking at it now. What, what do all of the top teams in North American region have in common? Adrian, Hakuo, Ale, Smoothie, Aphromu, Biofrost. Six very very good supports and that i think has made the difference i think that 80 carries alone we've seen can't do it on their own but when you give them a support that sets them up and that clicks with them we're seeing that really help shape teams identities help shape especially as you uh, you get past the laning phase and really get those you know team fight moments i think those are the players who more and more you know, this is not a season in which supports are kind of falling to the background and we're seeing all these hard carries doing all of the things. I think we're starting to see, like, that race for, like, the all-pro support position is going to be brutal. I uh, I have no idea where I would vote right now. I'm glad we have three more weeks to I, find out. I, because to, I have like, no today? Idea. Yeah. Biofrost is probably one. Yes. Um, I would put Hakuo at two. I agree. And probably, like, probably Ale at three. Yeah, I think that's, that's my. That's idea. probably my my three. Ad, like Adrian could 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 take it away from uh, Ale. I think if he has like a really 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 strong end of the split. But yeah, I, notice I didn't even say Aphromu. Like I didn't say Aphromu or Smoothie at all. But that's because they aren't playing as well. So. Yeah, and and we say that knowing that Aphromoo is is one of the top supports and player of the game awards. Like he like they're still having good seasons. It's just that these other guys are having even better seasons. It's just so fun to watch. And uh, you know, I I love when we have these chaotic moments. I love that we are we have all these teams that are in this mid card right now, where any one of them could break in a certain direction. Um, if I were to pick an up or a down, uh, I I think I would give my up to Envious just because I think that. Because of the way they they executed, I thought they were the cleanest mm-hmm. uh, of the kind of mid card teams. They got two two O's last week, um, which you know they took care of business against Echo Fox and they you know beating uh, Cloud Nine. I think was big for them. Um, if I had to pick a down, I'd pick CLG because I felt like they threw away that Dignitas series, putting Omar God in in game two. Like I understand you want to give the young guy some reps. I loved them bringing him in against FlyQuest. I thought that was a good call, but you can't afford to lose a series when you don't have a lot of circuit points to fall back on as far as qualifying for Worlds. CLG was first heading into this weekend. Had they won their series against Dignitas, they would still be in first because they'd be at 10-2. and 
And obviously, we'll never know whether Dardock would have been the difference maker and they would have been able to beat Dignitas in that series. It's, we can't go so far as to say Omar got lost in that series, but I really hate when a team actively puts themselves away from their best chance to succeed. I, I think that that is always the wrong call. I think that that's almost always a mistake. And I was disappointed to see it uh, from a team that I usually uh, like to praise for their intelligence uh, and for their understanding of how to manage their, their talent and their atmosphere and everything else. I thought that was a, an error in judgment in that spot. Uh, in, in a game two, after you're already down a game, uh, I, I just felt like that was a mistake. They, they have a plan, and I can't fault them for sticking to that plan. I understand it has ramifications, but at the same time, they might it, not if, be an organization in the LCS next split. Like, they have to... These teams are trying to prove value, and part of that value that Riot wants and stated out in that bullet-pointed kind of article is they want teams that are going to be willing to grow native talent that are going to be willing to grow younger players and honestly the last year you can't decry clg they you know they took that clg uh, academy or clg black team they got a bunch of the guys from the from the scouting grounds they put them together they didn't make the challenger series in the spring they still kept them together they went to europe to boot camp they played in a couple of tournaments over in europe came back qualified for this challenger series they weren't great in the challenger series but like at some point, if you have a player that's in your house, that's on your roster, that is busting his butt, that is putting in the effort, that's putting all of this work, like I can't fault you for giving him some stage time, for you know, up, for rewarding him for the amount of effort that he's putting into it. Like sure. we don't see scrims, we don't see. Maybe they have a ninety percent win rate with Omar God in scrims, and Dardox at like sixty. Like no one knows, so I can't fault them. I understand it has some implications but I, I can't fault them like they had a plan going into the weekend they probably said we're gonna play omar god in both game twos and you know they told him we're gonna play you both and they stuck to their word so well here's an idea why not put him in game one so if you lose you still have time to adapt with your best five like they didn't have to pick game two right like that I'd... like we're presuming that they had to like like okay if you if you promised him a game each time play him in game one at least then you have time to react at least then you take the pressure off of him being down 0-1 in a series during his second ever LCS game. I think that's a mistake. I think more like rather than just they played Omar God, I don't think that's alone a mistake. Like I said, I liked that against FlyQuest. I think when you're down 0-1 in a series against a playoff team, in a series that if you lose drops you out of a first round bye, that to me, it, it, it's, it's that mistake. Put him in in game one. Give him no pressure because, you know, whether they lose, they still have time to bounce back. It's not a big deal if it goes the other way. I, that, that's just where I stand on it, especially with a young player like that. I would rather work on building his confidence than ha putting him in so much pressure in a must-win game, essentially, for them, if you're going to believe that that first-round buy is important. And I inherently do just because of how, much, how many more circuit points it's worth when you can get to that second round. I, I thought that's where the mistake was. Um, I thought if they put him in game one, it would have been winner. But you know what? They made their plan, and, and you know maybe I shouldn't be criticizing them for making silly decisions because we went 0-3 last week in our smart money bets in North America. Uh, we went uh, CLG, Dignitas, and three maps. We were both very confident about that at plus 115. CLG chose to, to put in Omar God in game two, and that didn't work out uh, to a game three. Uh, we thought Phoenix won 
had a lot of confidence in them after Rift Rivals. We thought Dignitas, beating Dignitas was a sure thing, and we thought that beating TSM was a great fan hedge for you, uh, and none of those worked out. Now, the good news is we're still 10-9 and 9 on the season, 431 in the black. Yep. We had some room to spare. Even if we got 0-3 this week, we'd still have room to spare, but we're not going to go 0-3 this week. We're, uh, we're laser-focused in. I know I feel better about my guessing odds after yesterday. And we're going to go into game one right now. And that is going to be Cloud9 versus Phoenix1. This is an interesting series. I think both teams, you know, you talk about, you know, wanting to, to, to bounce back and kind of make a statement for themselves, separate themselves from the pack. Right now, Phoenix1 would be going to relegation. They went out to their 3-9 and nine right now. There's no relegation, so it doesn't matter. Well, there is, because someone pointed this out on, on, on Reddit, which I forgot. There is a relegation tournament, and if you lose, it costs $3 million more million to buy your way in for franchising. So arguably, this is even more valuable if you're going to be a part of franchising than a normal relegation tournament would be. That's $3 million bucks, which, by the way, is really stupid that that's the case. It's a rule that I completely forgot about because I thought that was such a silly thing that they pointed out. But if you read the, the thing they put out there, that is what they're saying. That's their way of making this matter. Um, so it does matter whether they're in a relegation series or not. Weirdly enough. So since you touched on Cloud9 already, Walter, and I, I hope I didn't break your brain by bringing up the stupidest fact of the day, how are we feeling about Phoenix 1 now? Mike Young is, I, I think it's the, they don't really have macro understanding. I think that at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Zig, uh, Zig doesn't go even in lane anymore. He, he loses lane and then he's coming, he's trying to play catch up and he like, he doesn't like to play, like he plays Shen, but he's not playing tanks where it's like, okay, okay. I can just build armor and just be a big meat shield. Like he's playing Kled, he's playing Nar, he's playing Jarvan, he's playing champions where you have to get a lead so you can help pressure from the top lane, so you can help pressure in, like, a split-push scenario. Um, it doesn't seem like Ryu has very much synergy with X-Special or Mike Young in terms of, like, getting out and roaming. He doesn't seem to want to leave his lane and roam. He seems to now be kind of backstuck in, like, I'm just going to lane because that's the play style I know how to do, and I'm just not going to lose lane, but I'm not necessarily going to win lane either. And I, you talk about putting him up against Jensen in this matchup, and... Good luck, buddy. Like, it's probably a good thing that there can't be, like, a, you know, Talia-Talia mirror match in this series or something like that. You know, it could be another rendition of the Ryu face. Um, Arrow's playing well, but I still think that him and Xpecial are trying to mesh on the same page. And at the end of the day, this doesn't feel like a team. Um, I really think that going back and kind of looking at what they did at Rift Rivals is they were just able to out blitz the european teams early on they were able to speed up the pace of the game and make all these european teams play faster than what they were used to and that kind of hid some of the facts that they aren't good at the macro game they aren't good at these late game decisions um yeah i mean i we got super high on them coming off of rift rivals and we forgot they were like a three and six team so i think i think I think reality's come back to, you know, settle back down on, on Planet Phoenix 1, and they were like, oh, yeah, we could play, you know, if we win the game in 25 minutes, that's great, but other teams in North America can win the game in 24 minutes, so... Yeah. 
it, it, it's tough. You know, that was one of the things that I, I think when, when we talked about how Europe on, on our European show was just behind in the meta, they just weren't, they weren't ready to, to keep up with that kind of high pressure, high intensity early game. You know, Phoenix won. That's that's what they were doing best with Mike Young. And there's a honeymoon period, I think, whenever you add a new player who's a who can be kind of this explosive starter, someone who is just adding so much more to their skill set than what they had in Inori, uh, who just who was just more proactive and seemed to be doing more plays around than that. But now they're starting to settle in. It's not as exciting as fresh anymore. And I think that the the habits that Phoenix one had fallen into before. Uh, Mike Young got there are starting to come back again. I think that Zig has taken a massive step backwards. I, I point to him as one of the worst top laners in the league right now, uh, which is unfortunate because I thought he took a huge step forward uh, last split. But right now, 2.4 KDA, uh, he is actually winning lane, amazingly enough, um, despite every visual standard you would expect. But his, uh, his damage permitted is low at 385. His earned gold permitted is actually among the highest bits of his team. So he's he's getting a whole bunch of gold and then not doing much with it. And that's not a good place to be. Um, it, it, it speaks to the, you know, they keep throwing resources into him, hoping it's going to get him out of his funk. And meanwhile, Ryu is getting, uh, you know, not, you know, is having to suffer in his gold output. And they're not getting anything uh, back from that either. It's just they're they're in a tough spot. I, I think that yes, we have an aggressive jungler, like we have an aggressive early game now. Awesome. What else do you have, Phoenix One? What is your identity outside of we have the rookie of the split on our side and someone who's going to be one of the most fun junglers to watch in North America for the next couple of years? That's a great piece, but you need more than one piece to have a team. And I think that that's unfortunately where they're at right now. What do you think the line's at right now? Cloud9 minus 200. Okay, you get this one. I went a little too high. I said Cloud9 minus 220. It's Cloud9 minus 192, which I think is very fair. That's Phoenix 1 at plus 145. Three maps is plus 105. And if you like Cloud9 to get the 2-0 here, Cloud9 does not does not usually have two back-to-back -back bad weeks. There have been a couple splits in their history where they've been underwhelming, but it's not very often. And if you believe that their strengths here could really overpower Phoenix 1, plus 160 for the 2-0. It's not terrible odds. No, that's not, that's not that bad. But I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's high enough. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we feel about uh, some of the other odds here, but it's, it's in play for sure. Uh, let's talk about game two here. Uh, Team Liquid versus Envious. I mean, I I'm assuming we don't have any need to talk about Team Liquid. Well, well here's but the I thing. Here's the yeah. thing. I thought Liquid looked scrappy against TSM. I don't know if it was TSM just kind of being disrespectful. I don't, I don't know if it was TSM just not playing it 100%. But... Liquid looked scrappy. Like, I like starting Inori. Keep playing Inori. Like, this should be what Liquid is doing, is kicking the tires on some of these other, like, mid-tier players. Because, like, Rainover should not be... It probably won't be here next split. So, look around for other junglers. Like, I don't think Rainover fits on this team anymore. Um, because 
I feel like Rainover needs a team where there's a star, like there's a, there's there's a, a superstar, and he makes that superstar better. He plays to their strengths. I'm thinking of like Ricky Rubio on the Spanish national teams, where he's playing with Pau and Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka, and he's letting those guys be their studs, and he's you know making all the crazy passes and he's setting them up and he's running you know pick and pops with them and all these other things like. Rainover does not deserve superstar money because he's not a superstar. What he deserves is to be the highest paid supporting player in the league. That's what his role is. And I think that Team Liquid saw it and thought, oh yeah, he's a superstar jungler because he had all these great stats and didn't realize how much having a stud like Hooney uh, you know, applied to that and how much that allowed Rainover to benefit from that. And Team Liquid doesn't have a superstar. And if you say it's Piglet, you're an idiot. You're actually just blatantly stupid. Piglet is not a superstar. You can look at his stats and be like, well, yeah, he's, he plays pretty well, but he's not. He doesn't have the personality. He doesn't have the temperament. He does not have the moment where he t- completely takes over a game and you're like, yep, that is that is the guy that I want to go into battle with game in and game out. And Rainover isn't playing towards him. And Rainover knows where he should be playing and if he's not playing towards piglet that should be telling you that's not the guy that's not where we should be funneling all our resources to that's not who we we should be paying like a superstar like he plays on the mid and the top side of the map that's where your superstar has to be if you're with him and i'm not sure that team liquid understands what it means to create an identity in league of legends and kane has been really disappointing because i would assume a player like that would understand that you need to establish a this is what it means to play Team Liquid League of Legends. And he hasn't done it because it feels very helter-skelter. They're picking bands, their play styles, uh, their, their compositions, all that jazz. But like the actual play that I saw from Team Liquid, especially with Inori in the, ro- in the lineup in Game 1 against, team, against TSM, it was scrappy. Like They, they put up a fight. So I want to give the players credit for that. Um, I don't want to give anybody else in the organization any credit. But the five players that, that, that played, and even Piglet, I want to give them some credit because they, they did not just roll over and let TSM get a very easy 2-0. That, that was a hard-fought 2-0 for TSM. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we have to give the players on the Rift credit. I, I think that it's very easy to get caught up in criticism for the organization and then correlate that with hate for the players. And I don't hate any of these players. Um, I, I think that, you know, Piglet, you mentioned, like, he's, he's not a superstar. Um, he's very talented. And that's inherently true. But a superstar needs to also be able to make his teammates better. And we have no evidence that that is the case. But, but see, this is, this is one of those things that I, I would love to focus on those kind of steps of improvement they've made in, in some of those mechanical plays. And they're starting to at least try some things. And then I see a Reddit comment like this. Uh, this was in the thread about origin uh, you know, deciding to basically like, sorry, we, we failed to uh, even stick around in the Challenger series because that's where Origin is as an org. And the uh, commenter Moopy said, quote, with the amount of money Team Liquid have, they are sort of worse. Imagine buying the following. Piglet, former world champion. Edward, during his prime. Rainover, after his MVP split. St. Vicious in his prime. Voidboy in his prime and countless rookies, high-valuable players that became starters on other teams, including Zig, Hauntzer, Dardock, Pobelter, Aphromu, Smoothie, Keen, Expecial, Alltech, Moon, Contracts, and still have not even reached Worlds. And this is the thing. Like, anytime I watch them, 
I can say like, okay, well, at least they're putting some elements together. At least they're being competitive. But the fact that we're like, oh man, at least they're kind of competitive nowadays about a team that has all of this money and resources and talent and whatever that's been thrown at the problem. And this is where they are. I think there was a post that said that you're more likely to contract literal cancer than you are to watch Team Liquid win a game, like, like win a series. It's it's just, it, it sucks. It tears away any chance I have to focus on that. So I, I'm glad you can, because I'm, I'm just I'm 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 tired, man. I'm I've been in the ground trying to make sense of that org. Where where do you think the line is here, Walter? Envious minus three thirty three. I got okay. You got this one as well. Because I said minus 320. I don't know why I went so low. It's Envious minus 385. Uh, Team Liquid plus 265 there. I think both of those lines are fair. I'm not worried about getting three maps because I don't think this is going to three maps. Nope. Not, not going to happen. So we are going to move on to TSM versus Dignitas. I, I know you touched on Dignitas a little bit, Walter. But I want you to, to go a little bit more. Like, as, as a TSM fan, what are you afraid of with this Dignitas team? What is, what is the thing that, that tells you that this Dignitas team is going to be a more competitive, uh, more interesting roster to go up against than they have necessarily been in recent splits or even recent weeks, uh, given how they looked, I think, a step above where they were uh, after last week? What do you think? I, I don't really think they've changed all that much. I think they're just making a couple more plays here or there. Like, I don't think there's a big difference between the Dignitas that we saw last week and the Dignitas we saw before at Rift Rivals in terms of, like, I don't think anyone's playing any better. Like, the, the big difference is Alltech and Adrian are playing better than uh, than uh, Big and and Lod were playing. And that's kind of disappointing. Like, I, I really was a, am a fan of Lod. I would really like to see him be successful. But, like, Alltech's actually at 80 carry. Like, you can actually play AD carry champions, and, and now that Ziggs is really out of the meta, it seems like you do need to be able to, like, play hard carry uh, kind of AD carry champions. I think that Adrian, like I said, has just made it so that Alltech feels confident, and he's not running away from team fights. He is playing in team fights, and it seems like teams are not focusing on him as an AD carry. They're really focusing on Keen. Um, they're focusing on, on someday when it gets to the team fight. So they're doing their job of protecting their AD carry, and... While we're playing, you're seeing Tristana and Caitlyn and, and Twitch. You really don't want the enemy team to be on top of those kind of 80 carries. You want them to be able to kind of just attack move at the very back of the fight and just take out whatever target is right in front of them. You don't need... It's not like Lucian where you're trying to dot, you know dash in and just pop one of you know the, 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 you know, the squishy Zyra on the enemy team or anything like that. It's consistent auto attack output, and that is more efficient against a tank than it is against like a you know an eighty carry like you're not trying to blow it up that's a Cinder's job. Um, I think Keen's playing a little bit better and and he's the weird thing is Kane has like a ginormous champion pool but he kind of gets stuck on like one or two picks where you're kind of like I get what you're doing with it but there's other picks that do it better like Victor. He yeah. Keeps, he keeps playing Victor and I'm not like it's not like he picks Victor and I'm like oh my god why is he playing Victor but it's just like. Is that really the most optimal choice? I, I, like, you really want to play? And at some point, it comes down to the player's comfort. If he's comfortable on the champion, I'm never going to be like, never play that champion. And he's not bad at it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I just feel like it's it's slightly suboptimal. Like, he could be playing something different. Yeah. 
No, I, I think that's totally fair. And, you know, I'll say this. Uh, it, it speaks to my the same kind of comment I made about, you know, CLG with Omar God that frustrated me. At least when Keen plays something like Victor, it's in game two. Like, in, in the games that they need to win, you see them going a little bit more chalk. Except for Shrimp, which I just want to say, as p two people who are surprisingly pro-Nunu in, in the professional meta, that was fun, right? We can admit that that was fun to watch. Mike Young kind of get neutralized by a Nunu of all things. You mean the champion that is designed other than Ivern to neutralize the enemy jungler? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, it was great. Shrimp, Shrimp, I, Shrimp is turning into like the next kind of like Keen style player where he's like just kind of good enough that he can stick around the LCS. Mm -hmm. And I'm waiting for him to take that next step where now he's like just above that step where it's like, okay, no, he's actually like a pretty decent LCS jungler. And this is this has been the split. He doesn't have a lot of stupid deaths. Like he's cut down on the stupid deaths. And I think that was when he was on Apex. That was really what killed him was he just had some deaths that just made you shake your head and just go, why? And he's really cut down on those. Um, he isn't as aggressive in that like one minute to 10 minute mark. But, like, once 9 to, like, 12 minutes hits, that's where he starts ramping it up. That's when they start really moving around the map, and he starts trying to uh, exert some influence and take down towers. And, and yeah, like, he's he's uh, he's St. Vicious's, you know, protege. Saint's, you know, baby little, you know, bouncing baby boy that he's now pushed out into the world and said, go, my son, teach everyone the power that is Nunu. Like, uh, I forget who in our, who in our, um, our Discord keeps bringing up Cho'Gath Jungle, and wants to see uh, Xerxes play it. Mm -hmm. Like, Shrimp is the guy that if anybody's going to play New New Jungle, it's going to be him in North America because Saint, for some weird reasons, uh, loves Cho'Gath Jungle. Yeah. I don't, I, can... I don't, I can see it, but the Q is so hard to hit that it's just like, eh? I'm not sure I like it much. But yeah. Shrimp will be the guy that plays it because that's one of, one of Saint's things is like, I like Cho'Gath Jungle. It's a great, great, great champion. Okay, I like it more than I like uh, Jungle Maokai. I was unimpressed by Jungle Maokai this week. Yes, I would, I would agree with that. I, uh, I will say, you know, you, I, I think the other thing that's really made Shrimp interesting, uh, who do you think, if you had to guess, Walter, who are the three highest junglers in terms of kill participation? Who's top three? Well, one of them is going to be Shrimp. <laughs> yes, Shrimp is number two. Who do you think is number one and who do you think is number three? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, not Dardock. No, Dardock is not one Dardoch. of the worst. I'm actually. gonna say Lyra and. Lyra's number three. Acadian? Mike Young is at the top, 76.5. I, I didn't. I thought maybe with him not having as many games, he would be a little bit lower, but. He, he's played 22. He's played 22 games already. Which sounds like it seems crazy, but he's actually he's played almost he they they put him in rather early okay. in the season. That's it's fair. just that That's we've gotten uh, he we, he still feels so fresh to us, but it's, is it it is one of those things where I, you had to hit twenty to even be on my list. But yeah, it's it's Mike Young at seventy six point five, Shrimp right behind him at seventy five point nine, and then it's a little bit of a drop off to Lyra seventy one point six. But that's just kind of that that tells you what category Shrimp has put himself in. He's put mm -hmm. himself in the category of support or of junglers that know how to make their teammates better and are, are setting yeah. them up rather than trying to make individual plays. Yep. And I think that is a big shift um, from where he's been. Yes. What do you think the line is on this, Walter? 
TSM minus 250. Okay, I get this one. Uh, I said TSM minus 240. It is TSM minus 238, which I think is very fair. Dignitas is at plus 175. Three maps at plus 110. I think this could very easily be a three-map series. I think it's in play. I, mm, you don't think they could is, take a map? This is late-season TSM, though. It's fair. And, and TSM, other than like the Yellow Star split and like one other... They turn it on at the end of the split, and they go on a tear going into the playoffs. Oh yeah, I mean I, they're going to win. I, I don't, I, I don't think that Dignitas is going to pull off the upset. But you don't think they could have kind of like they did last split, where they have like a weird game two, and then come back to crush in game three. I don't know. Maybe, maybe let, let's look at some of the other odds. Maybe yeah, there's there better know. ideas than that. Uh, CLG versus Echo Fox. Are we just done with Echo Fox? Is this the point where we're just we're watching them as a, a novelty as they kind of try to build something up for uh, this future academy plan, or, or is there something that you can look forward to? For, for what, what are you looking to watch this week? I guess from Echo Fox. Yeah, from Echo Fox. Nothing. <laughs> I'm out on them. They're gonna they're gonna be really like they built themselves to just be here to establish themselves as a long-term brand in, in BLCS and in eSports. They had an incredible EVO weekend. Uh, if you watch fighting games, they had a great EVO weekend there. Um, yeah. yeah, I think this is just going to be like the, the likable team that's really good at like branding themselves and marketing the organization. And they have Rick Fox. And as long as they have Rick Fox and people are going to pay attention to him, like this is the... This is the, like, I'm going to introduce my parents to the LCS. Oh, you, my dad knows sports. You know Rick Fox, right? He used to play for the mm. Lakers. He owns a team, and this is going to be the team. They're not that great, but they're kind of these lovable, like, lovable losers. Like, that's what Echo Fox is. And, yeah, they've um, got a jet. It's a really cool jet. And uh, I'm a TSM fan. I don't have time. I don't have to deal with lovable losers anymore. Like, I have a winning organization. Like, I like Rick Fox. I'm glad he's involved. Um, I'm just afraid that, you know, Two years into franchising, we're going to be looking at this and going, okay, when are you going to win games? Like, we're at that point already, but, like, with franchising, when they finally are going to spend a whole bunch of money, hopefully, and actually get good players, I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see them becoming a good team in the next two years. So, I don't care. Um, this is the thing, right? Like, on the one hand, I like the fact that they're playing so many subs. I, I think that that is... A positive for a team that's in the spot that they are. Yeah, uh, they they feel confident yeah, that with the Foggin they're not going to uh, to get relegated uh, and have to pay that extra three mil. So you know they, they they feel like they can put some things out there, and and we saw every position outside of support this week they put in a substitute. They gave Greg time. They gave Brandini time. Mm -hmm. They gave you know Demonte got the full week, which you can argue whether that was a good or bad thing uh, for forever, but. You know, this is this is the thing that that worries me. I'm not sure that any of these pieces are all that good. Like, I know that you got to like you got to play the numbers game, and if you get a whole enough pieces, you say, well, like, oh, one of them is going to work out. Some, you know, at least a couple of these will eventually pay off into something. And 
you know, I, I don't want to say that they were wrong to try to build this in-house scrim culture and not scrim anybody else, just keep it to these these teams here. But I think you can only get so much better when you're against a certain caliber of opponent. I, I think that you have to, at some point, push yourself against a higher class of team. And I just see a lot of talents that are stagnating. I don't think Griggs gotten better since the last time I saw him on the Rift. I don't think Brandini's gotten better since the last time I saw him on the Rift. I don't think Mash has gotten better. And and when you're in that spot, you got to wonder whether the system they're going with right now is the best thing for their development in the long run. Uh, I I understand the concept, and I, I'm glad they tried it. Someone needed to, but. I don't think it did them any favors here. I, I don't think it's going to do them any favors this week either. Uh, it certainly didn't do my fantasy team any favors, by the way. Thanks for letting me know 15 minutes uh, in advance uh, before I, I, I had thought to even change it. Uh, the Frogman wasn't going to play Echo Fox. Appreciate it. Uh, but what do you think the line is on this game, Walter? CLG minus 333. Okay. I get this one. Because I said CLG minus 550. I was on the exact opposite end. Uh, it is CLG minus 455. So right in between where we were. That puts Echo Fox at plus 310. And new rule on the podcast. Until we know what five players are going to be playing for Echo Fox at any given week. Stay away. I'm not betting on a team where I don't know who they're playing. Have I don't we- like it bet on them at all maybe i don't know we'd have to go back go back i'm looking back right now uh tsm to 2-0 them back in week four oh there we go uh yeah we beat we bet on them to beat dignitas in week three we bet on them to beat cloud nine in week two did we win any of these bets no no okay we we got the tsm and we bet on that we beat we got them to beat team liquid in week one and that was at plus 220 that was that was where we got our big lead from God, man, no, back back when Team Liquid was minus two two hundred something on teams. Oh, the good old days. Let's uh let's move on to uh to game five here. Uh FlyQuest versus Immortals. As an Immortals fan, am I allowed to get hyped again after last week? Am I am I allowed to start believing that the pieces are coming back together? You're allowed to do whatever you want. That does not fill me. That does not make it sound like you're confident in this. (laughs) Like I said, I think this is a one horse race right now. And I don't think any of those other five teams have proven that they are good enough that I would be truly worried about them in a best of five series. Immortals is the top of that bunch. Immortals is the, is the fizz at the top of the Coca-Cola. Like I'm totally, I will admit out of the five teams, they look the most likely to do it. But I'm not sure. I'm still not sure about because I because I'm I'm again like Immortals could probably beat the other four teams below them, and the other four teams could probably beat them. You know, there's ways that it'll happen. There's strengths and weaknesses for all of them. So now I'm starting to look at these other five teams of okay, in Boston or in the the second round of the playoffs, and they're matched up against TSM. How do I feel about this team against TSM? And I look at Immortals, and I go, Pobelter versus Bjergsen. Cody, Sun, and Ale versus Doublelift and Biofrost. Like, 
that's the problem is I'm looking at those and they're they're close, but I don't think they're close enough where I would think it's anything better than a 3-1. Like, I don't think they win more than one game necessarily against them. And then that's putting all of their weight on Flame and Smithy. And I'm just not... I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure where the meta is going to go for top lane and how, like, how Flame continues to fit into it and that, like, things like that. So... I, I just, I have worries, like, in that regard. I think they're going to kill FlyQuest. Like, I'm not worried about them this week, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to get excited about them going into the playoffs, I think you're totally justified. It's, you have to understand that at the end of the day, they're going to be fighting against the longest tenured and best team in North American history. More, most likely. Like, it's not a shoe in I don't write the scripts for Riot, but, like... You, this is I, I love this. This is cocky Walter coming back to the forefront. But this, this isn't is... being cocky. This is me being realistic. What Chase? When was the last time that TSM missed the finals in North America? I would love to say that there was one, but there wasn't. You're talking so season two, like MLG Raleigh, where they even, didn't even go. Yeah, that's not a league. Like since the LCS has existed, yeah. they're always there. Yep. The road goes through TSM. Yep. That is undeniably true. I just love this idea of like. It's not even, you're not even talking about just making the finals. You're like, well, maybe Immortals as the second best team might win a game. That's where I think you're getting to a to an interesting spot. TSM has lost finals before, but but in all reality, I mostly agree with you. I I, I like Cody Sun and Ali a little bit more than you do. I think that, they could go even against Double X Bio. That's fine. That's um, fine. And and I will say, there was nothing more fun to me as an Immortals fan. I watched Game 3 with a couple Cloud9 fans on our Discord. Uh, shout out to Rasta Duppy. Um, and also, I'm sorry, because he had to watch as Flame hit the Flame Horizon against Ray's Shen in, like, less than seven, like 18 minutes, I think it was. Like, it was something absurd. Like, it was so, like, Ray was so horribly bullied out, and Flame was so dominant that it somehow meant that even a Jensen that was, like, 4-0-1 at like the 25 minute mark wasn't enough to save that cloud nine team. I, I think that flame is, is proving that he is another level of threat than I, than I think that some of most of these other top laners are. Uh, where do you think the line is on this? Walter? Uh, I'm going to say mortals minus 400. Okay. You and I split this cause I said that as well. Uh, it is immortals minus 500. It is fly quest plus three twenty five. Two O odds, if we believe that Immortals go to two O, and I happen to believe they will, because I don't think the Fly Quest is very good, uh, would come out to uh, oh, it's minus, so we're not taking yeah, that. No. Yeah, okay. No, Unless never. it's like minus one o five, and even no, then, that's it, if there's no other value. It's it's about minus one twenty something. So yeah, no, yeah exactly. it's not worth. Uh, next up, game six, Phoenix one versus Team Liquid. I don't think we need to talk about this series for very long. Uh, is, is this something where you expect the bounce back for Phoenix 1? Or do you think that they're going to have to fight for this one? It's probably a bounce back, just because I think their players are better. Yeah. I, I don't have any other thoughts. I just think Phoenix 1's players are better. Just across I, the board. I agree. Where do you think the line is? Uh, I have it at Phoenix 1 minus 300. Yeah, so this is my worst guess of the week. I 
I said Phoenix won minus 200 because I'm like, look, Phoenix won is three and nine. A three and nine team should not be more than minus 200 favorites against anybody. Chase, uh, you just you do realize that algorithmically, Phoenix won beat the three best teams in Europe multiple times too, right? Well, but we didn't necessarily see Rift Rivals translate into effects in Europe. I didn't see Rift Rivals make much of a blip uh, in some other predictions. So I do. I wasn't taking it into account. That's fair. That's fair. Phoenix won minus 417, which for the record, this is the part where I'm, I'm a little mad at Unicorn. They're saying that it's more likely that Phoenix won beats Team Liquid. Team that won 0-2 last week, 3-9 team, than it is for Envious, a 7-5 clear playoff team to beat Team Liquid. Hey, hey Chase, you do remember that Phoenix won was favored over Dignitas last week, right? I'm just saying it continues to be dumb. I, I thought that the fact that they lost to Dignitas should mean that they don't make this mistake again. Clearly, I was mistaken about their proclivity to make mistakes. What's That's, what's the liquid underdog? Uh, the liquid underdog is plus 290. I'm not letting you take that bet. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not taking it either. I have a spreadsheet that I have to fill out with all this stuff, so. Th That's fair. Um, Peek behind the curtain that... I have all these. And then I make Nick the producer run all of this through like an algorithm machine and come up with my guesses. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not happy with how your algorithms have been going. You've been scarily accurate recently. Let, let, let's move on. Uh, Echo Fox versus Team Solo Mid. I mean, it's not like you guys needed the help, but the fact that Echo Fox is probably not going to be playing their best players makes this more than a done deal, right? This is... It, 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 I, I think Listen, only... Echo Fox has been out of the past three splits. They've been the one that gives us a really, really bad loss twice. So I'm not going to say it's a done deal, but it's probably a done deal. Probably a done like, deal. Feels like it should be a done yeah, deal. Yeah, if they're not going to play Froggen, like, yeah, if Froggen's not starting, I write this in pen. But, like, if Froggen starts, there's a chance. There's always a chance that Froggen's playing. But, yeah. Uh,. Where do you think the line is on? TSM minus 750. Okay, you get this one because I went too low. I said TSM minus 600. It's TSM minus 833, which is where it should be. Echo Fox plus 475. Don't bet on this series. There's no oh. value. And we don't even know for a fact that Echo Fox is going to be throwing their best guys out there. So don't do it. Never worth it. Uh, Dignitas minus Cloud Nine. This one's a fun, interesting to me. Are we like Cloud Nine? This is a must-win for Cloud Nine, right? Uh, I would say so, yeah. Because right now they're in sixth. So, so how do they? How do they get there? What do they need to do to pull this off and make sure that they're going to be okay heading into the uh, heading into next week? They need a second carry. Like, not a second playmaker, because Smoothie can be a second playmaker. He can be a guy that engages and sets everything up. They need someone else to, like, actually do damage. And I'm sure Sneaky does damage, but I mean, like, actually does damage. I mean, like, someone that carries the team fight through killing people. I, I really would be interested in seeing, like, the number of, like, double, triple, and quadra kills that, like, Sneaky has this split. Or that he would have over, the like, the past, you know, two years of his career or anything. Because people, people always bring up, oh, Sneaky's great. He's like an okay laner. He's fine in team fights. He's like, right. But 
think about 80 carries. When I think about 80 carries, I don't think about these consistent always. I don't think about mash me. And Sneaky's just a really, he's Donald Trump's version of mash me. Let's put it that way. He's a super rich man's version of mash me. Yeah. Not to get political. That's just the first rich person's name that I thought of. Um, I, I would have gone with Mark Cuban, but that works too. That's, I, I get where you're coming from. Anyways, <laughs> but like when I think of 80 carries, I think of Uzi, Double Lift, Forgiven, Wei Zhao, uh, uh, you know, all these guys that are playmakers that have these defining moments where they completely pop off. Wild Turtle, in his very first start, had a freaking pentakill. Like, Sneaky's pentakills are some of the most, like, blasé, like, ah, oh, he got a pentakill. Like, the, like, just the most blasé, drawn-out affairs where you're pretty sure that the pentakill timer stopped for a second just so it would count. And that's yeah. not to discredit him. He's been a top four, top three AD carry since, like, season four. I'm yeah. not discrediting that. I'm just saying he's such a different style of AD carry and that's not what they need. That's not what Cloud9 needs. When when you have Impact and Ray that neither of them can play like good well, like they don't play well for an entire 35 minute games. Like they have a five minute burst where you're like, oh yeah, Impact was a world champion and like single-handedly carried this team into Worlds last year. And then you spend the other 25 minutes going, he knows his, like, keyboard's plugged in, right? He knows that all these inputs are actually going into the game. And it's the same thing with Ray. And then Contracts, he's a, he's young. He's a jungler. He, like, I, I don't expect him to be the guy that's putting up pentakills at this point in his career. It's got to be sneaky because he's the veteran. He's the guy who's been in this organization for literally ever. But we know it's not going to be. And, well, and this is... Like I got a conversation uh, with someone uh, in you, on the YouTube comment section, which I love having conversations with you guys. Uh, please do comment. I will respond to all of them. Um, and, and I hate to say I told you so, uh, and so I'm not going to, even though I just did. But last week was a perfect example of why Sneaky's not a top 380 carry in my mind. He got outplayed pretty hard by Apollo and Hakuo and then Cody Sun and Ale. He had a really bad week. And that doesn't mean that he's a bad player in the same way that I don't think his best weeks make him a top three superstar. I think he's solid. I think he's very good. And he's consistently very good. And that consistency makes him a very valuable commodity. Um, I, I think that he has inherent value in the sense that you can put him on your roster and you know what he's going to be. And he's going to be good without drawing a whole bunch of resources, which given how much they pour into Jensen is necessary. It's very hard to have a hard carry style AD carry when your mid laner is getting a huge chunk so, of those resources. So he, right now he's getting 26% of his team's gold. Well, I wrote an article about Power of Evil last week that I hope you guys read it. I'm going to put it in the comment section where Power of Evil was getting 25.5% of his team's gold and was massively ahead of the next closest. Jensen, it's even more so. And I think that might be one of the problems as well. As good as Jensen is, if he's the only one that's scaling up and getting those resources and it's hampering the rest of his teammates from being able to make plays, I consider this a concern. J this Jensen is, concern. is Russell Westbrook. Bjergsen is LeBron James. Yeah. That is that is what you are looking at right here. And Bjergsen, you, Bjergsen, think about young LeBron. Young LeBron was Russell Westbrook. 
going after his own stats, constantly crashing the boards, constantly, you know, going for the slams, going for the jump shots. Like, go back and watch the 2007 finals. Go back and watch them get manhandled by the Spurs. They don't lose because LeBron James wasn't the best player on the court. He was. They lose because the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth best players on the court were playing for San Antonio. Yeah. Like, that's what happens. And that's when I talk about Cloud9 and I talk about them versus TSM. That's what that gap is what I'm talking about. And when I talk about Sneaky, like... Any carries can make plays and, and not have super high resources. They can still output a ton of damage, and they can still make these plays and totally clean up team fights. Like, I know Sneaky has done it before. He did it in Season 5 when everyone was floundering and no one could carry on that team. He can do it. It just seems like he either doesn't want to or he's gotten lazy because he has Jensen. And everyone on Cloud9, including their fans just expect that Jensen's going to be the one that saves the day. And honestly, that's unfair to put that much pressure on him. Like, I get it. You're giving him all his gold. You're giving him all the resources. But when you've not won a title with him as that centerpiece, you have to look at it, and it's not just his fault. It's not just because he didn't hit R. Other players have got to step up. And Sneaky being the veteran who's been there since season three has to be the guy to do it. And he's just not. Well, and, and I think some of that is a coaching problem, too, though. Like, that's, that's in-game strategy. They're telling Jensen, hey, we're going to give you everything because we trust that you can win it for us. But no one, you know, one, no one man is an island. You can't win in isolation. And this is the kind of thing that I, I hope when Cloud9 looks back over the footage, here are the numbers that I, I think are really going to stand out. Game two uh, against Envious, Jensen went 5-1-3. and three. They lost. Game two against Immortals, 3-1-6 and six by Jensen. They lost. Game three against Immortals, 6-1-6 and six by Jensen. He was 4-0-1 at the 20-minute mark. Lost. It doesn't matter if Jensen's hard carrying. It doesn't matter that Jensen is right now looking like the best mid laner in the league because if he's not getting any help, if, they're, if you're putting, if getting him to that spot requires hamstringing everyone else on your team, that's a problem, and, and for me, like I, I understand your your proclivity to go towards Sneaky because he is the veteran, uh, but but Impact is a veteran as well, and the top lane is where they were getting that secondary. Impact is just playing the like crap. That's well, the difference, though. Let, let, let's play. Uh, let's play everyone's favorite game. Uh, guess the top laner. Uh, player A, two point nine KDA, negative eighty three gold differential at ten minutes, four hundred nineteen damage per minute. 247.4 earned gold per minute. Okay. Player B, 2.5 KDA, negative 31 gold differential at 10 minutes, 395 damage per minute, 238.2 uh, earned gold per minute. I have to ask a question. Is one yes. of these Ray and one of these Impact? Absolutely, yes. It, uh, Ray has the higher DPM. He's player A. Uh, yeah, he's player A. He has a better KDA, higher DPM, and higher earned gold per minute than Impact right now. And Ray's stat line that I just read out was pretty damn bad. Yeah. But by the way, Impact's kill participation, which I, I didn't mention this because this would have been a dead giveaway, 55.3% right now, his kill participation. That is the worst among active top laners not named Lorlo. Um, 
What I'm saying, Cloud9 fans, is that you've got some problems you need to figure out, and I don't think it's a talent problem. I think it's systemic problems. <laughs> that's like the, that's the second worst one in the league. Yeah. It's really bad. That's worse it's, than Looper. Yeah. It's worse. It, like, it's, it's literally, I'm not kidding. It's worse than anyone not named Lorlo. That's where you are, Impact. <laughs> I want you to know that. Just take that as you will. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel bad, man. Uh, for, shout out to former world champions, Piglet and, and Impact. Oh, boy. Where do you think the line for this series is, Walter? This Cloud, is a must win for Cloud9 me. minus 250. Oh, I get this. I said Cloud9 minus 150. Cloud9 minus 125. Dignitas minus 105. So it's basically even. Yeah, the casinos are done giving Cloud9 credit. Prove I, it. I didn't expect that. I did. I applaud the casinos for doing that, in all honesty. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I applaud them for that. Like, that, I, I respect. Respect, respect's real, you know? That's... Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that's unfortunately for Cloud9 fans. I think that's where they are right now. Uh, it's minus odds for plus three maps, or, so we're not going to go that way. Um, CLG versus Immortals. This is the series of the week for me. Um, of course, I say that because I'm a biased Immortals fan, but I think this is going to be a, a really important battle at the top of the table. Both of these teams are currently 9-3, and three. I think that that first round buy is going to be immensely valuable uh, just because I think that the pack, that two through six spot, as you've mentioned, is so tight. So many of those teams can take games off of each other. You really don't want to be playing in a first round series. And then the circuit points are so much higher if you get past mm -hmm. the first round. So I think this game has a lot on the line. What's the difference maker, Walter? What, what separates these two teams ultimately? Does CLG show up in games one and two? If, if they don't win game one and they don't win game two, I, like, I think CLG has to 2-0 this. Because I think Immortals are, are good enough and they're smart enough and they adapt well enough that Dardot has to have like two crazy games or X-Smithy is just going to out-team him. Like We want to talk about other players that make their teams better versus just going for themselves. Like Dardot seems to just go after his own stats. He's playing for himself. He's playing for his own plays. And Smithy is like the complete counter opposite where he is totally playing for his team. Um, and I think that works really, really well with the, the Immortals roster. Um, they do... They Flame, I, I'm, I'm still hesitant to call Flame like a superstar, but he's a star. He's a stud. He's someone that Smithy can put a lot of time and energy into. And like... Paul Belcher's a solid guy. He's top four, top five. At, at his peak, he's been a top three. He's been somebody that we've argued, does he deserve to be with Jensen and, and Bjergsen? And while he's not there this split, he's still good. He's still serviceable. He's smart. He plays within himself. Um, and then you have Ali and Cody Sung. And you have Cody that's more, a little bit more reserved. And, and you can still tell, not that he has nerves, but you can still tell he's a rookie, uh, that he's young, that he hasn't played a lot of splits. So he's still really keeping himself down and, and keeping himself on a leash. And you have Ale, who can just be, like, 
it's like fire and ice in the bot lane. Cody is very calm, cool, collected, playing with himself. And Ali is like, I'm going to try and throw and flash with this hook over this one wall. And hopefully I hit someone. If not, I might just get instantly blown up. Like, he is totally, I want to make plays, I want to make plays, I want to make plays. And all these pieces work really well together because they can play off of each other. X Smithy can be, you know, more calm, reserved. Let's just kind of sit back, let everything farm out. I'll go up to top lane, make sure Flame gets the Flame Horizon. Or he can buddy up with Ale, and they can be this kind of aggressive, let's make some plays in the early game. Let's, you know, get aggressive on towers, push down at first tower, like eight minutes, that type of stuff. Um... Whereas CLG, I think, only works if Dardoch just goes off and is able to move that gold. We, talk, we talked about this before. You know, jungler that has a gold lead, he's able to move that lead around the map. It doesn't have to just stay in one lane or, or, or the other. Um, when he's able to do that, I think he excels. But when he doesn't get this sort of massive lead for himself that he can influence and, and force other people to respect that he is, you know, 2,000 gold ahead of his, his opponent jungler... I just, I don't know what else he does. It's not like he's known for, you know, smite stealing away Baron or Dragon or anything like that. Like, he's only known for getting these massive leads for himself in the early game by ganking. And X Smithy's kind of the opposite of that. He's kind of like a jack of all trades where he can do everything. Except, like, get these massive leads for himself through ganking. You know, it's funny that you say all that. Because I agree with you inherently. The eye test tells me you know, Dardoch is very feast or famine. X Smithy is very consistent. But here's something interesting. We're going to play uh, Guess the Player one more time. We usually only do this once per pod, but this was something, as you were talking about this, I could not help but notice this. Okay. Jungler A has a 72, 72 kills, 90 deaths, 214 assists, or 3.2 KDA. 64.1% kill participation. Okay. Negative 104 gold differential at 10 minutes, 285 damage per minute, 209.1 earned gold per minute. Jungler B, 72, 94, and 214 for a 3.0 KDA. Literally just four more deaths. Otherwise, it's the exact same. 67.5% kill participation, 35 gold differential at 10 minutes, 289 damage per minute, just four different, 209.0 earn gold per minute, literally a tenth of a point different. B is Xmethy, A is Dardoch. That is true. You got it. And that is absurd. They're that close if you just look at the numbers. And, and you know, obviously, like... <laughs> That's you, you ridiculous. Know, yeah, you notice, like, see, clearly, like, you could tell a couple of things, right? Like, Dardox tends to come after the 10-minute mark because that's when he starts really snowballing, you know, whether, whereas Xmethy does more in the early game. And, you know, so the, so the little differences... You know, and, and X Smithy does it more consistently, whereas Dardoch, his numbers are kind of ebbs and flows, but they're basically the same stat line overall, which blew my mind. I never would have said that in a million years, but that that's got to be the the weirdest comparison of the week. They they get there through completely different means, but that is one of those things that tells you that the numbers can't tell you everything, because if I just read off those numbers, you would think those players were very similar, uh, and, and yet somehow they have two very different mindsets, different approaches to the game, and, and have two very different styles as to how they help their team. Yeah. It's just fascinating. It's a fascinating thing to walk down. It is something that is an Immortals fan. I, I'm worried that maybe x isn't as good as he was at the beginning of the split, and we just haven't caught up to that knowledge yet. So it's a concern for me. It's a mild concern right now. Not freaking out. Just a little concerned. Just a bit. 
Where do you think the line is on this, Walter? This is the one that I'm super confused by why you went the way you did. Okay. I, I have Immortals minus 150. Uh, I'm going to get the point because CLG is the favorite at minus 143. And I said CLG minus 130. I'm surprised you're surprised. They're both 9 and 3. And CLG was more favored in the, in the beginning of the season than Immortals was. Aren't you the one that always talks about the, uh, the algorithm? Who Immortals was favored is the, the better team. Of the I, I'm not disagreeing. Is that it's CLG minus 150? Uh, it's CLG minus 143. We get uh, Immortals at plus 110. And we're absolutely taking Immortals at plus 110 for the record. And that means CLG is 2 owing them, just so you know. I mean, yes, I understand that this is a terrible thing for me, but I mean, are you telling me you don't want to make that bet? No, I mean, I'd, I'd make that bet. But you're, the, that... you're the, you know, the invested party here, so... Yeah, well, I already accept the bet. I want Immortals to lose because I want them into that dredge of all the other four teams, and I want to watch them all, you know, try and crawl up onto land as TSM is sitting there in their golden chair, like, ah, yes, welcome, welcome. I am Hades, Lord of Death. You are all dead. I am king here. <laughs> it, it it could be it could be rough. I have a feeling that whoever comes to TSM in the second round is going to be beaten up. TSM is going to be fresh, and it's going to be terrifying. Let's go on. Last series of the week, uh, we're looking at Envious versus FlyQuest. Is there anything that you really want to say about this series? Anything at all that's interesting to you? I get to watch Lyra play? I get to watch Envious play. Like, that's what I'm excited about. I I like watching uh, Envious play. I want to see Apollo continue to improve. Um, I wish FlyQuest would just, just go away. You're an annoying little gnat that's just all of a sudden like, oh, we're good again. No, you aren't. Please stop this. You're bothering me. You're actively bothering me. It's annoying. Are you telling me that the two games they lost uh, against, um, who was it? They were playing against, uh, excuse me. CLG. CLG, where they threw at Baron twice for absolutely no reason, was a... was it a frustrating thing to watch and made you wonder why they're an LCS team in the first place? This is like if the NBA <laughs> had a franchise and, and was like, you guys, let's get Michael Finley, Hito Turkoglu, Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> trying to think. I'm trying to think of like... Look, I mean, look, some of these are popular players. You have to admit that... Peja Sojakovic. And, like... I don't know, I need, like, a mediocre... Like, like Earl Watson. Look, just point to the Sacramento Kings once they got rid of Boogie. You don't have to work this hard, Walter. No, 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 because it's got to be, like, veterans that everyone kind of liked at a time and are, like, way... Like, when they left, when they retired, they were all way, way worse than at their primes. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah that's, that was like, remember Hino Turkoglu on the freaking Clippers? He was awful. I, I've tried not to. He was Thanks terrible. reminding me. You remember like Charles Sprewell when he went back to Minnesota? It was awful. It's, yeah, I, I feel like FlyQuest fans, and I know you're out there, and, and I, I just want to say, A, I'm sorry, uh, but B, like, outside of high, I, 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 think, I think it's time to admit that these guys are, are ready to hang it up. Except for Wild Turtle. Wild Turtle and Moon will land elsewhere. But the other two, and, and maybe 
Maybe high as well. No, no. Shot calling no, is rough. No, I cannot listen to another split of like us hyping up high because he's shot calling. He's not well, no, good enough first, to play mid lane anymore. Well, he, well, that's just, I, I kind of disagree with that. I thought his mechanics in that series against CLG were fine. It was his shot calling that failed. And that's the problem with him. I, I don't think, I think mechanically he's like the sixth or seventh best mid laner in the league. And shot calling is what made him valuable. And the shot calling's been bad. So, all right. What's the point again? All right. Let's play. Which mid laner would you rather have than high? Yeah, let's do, let's, let's let's do, let's do it. this right quick. Let, let me let me pull up the roster since I just are, 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 Am I becoming the guest all of a sudden? No, no, no. Because you said something that I just don't agree with. Okay. So. No, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you. Okay. I'm ready for this. Okay. Obviously, uh, you're not taking him over Bjergsen. Nope. I think that's safe. You're not taking him over Poe Belter. Nope. You're not taking him over Huhi. Nope. You take him over Keen. Nope. You take him over Niski. No. That's that's a little bit closer for me. Uh, you don't take him over Jensen. Nope. You don't take him over Froggen. Nope. Do you take him over what we've seen from Ryu this split? No. Oh, I think High's been better than Ryu this split. Ryu has not had a good split. Ryu hasn't had a good split, but I think he's still a better planer. Okay. Uh, and I, uh, do you take him over Golden Clip? I mean, yes. I take him over Golden Clue. Okay, so you have him ninth. I have him at seventh. Because I think I'd rather have... Uh, I, I think he, he's more consistent than Niski right now. Uh, right, but I'd rather uh, have the upside of Niski. That's fair. I'd rather have yeah. the upside of Niski slash Pyrian than I would high. Okay. Then I, then I, I think that's a fair argument. So, so, I, so I, I maybe drop him to eighth. I think he's done better than Rio as a split. Yeah, you're right. This isn't a good sign. <laughs> You're like, I, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Well, well, no, it's just, you're right. Because the problem is that he has no ceiling. Like, this is who he is now at this point in his career. And the ceiling has always been extended by his shot calling, and his shot calling was bad this week. So, so what's the point? Um, this is for, for the, all the marbles, Walter, because we're tied 5-5 five to five going into this. Where do you have the line? Envious versus FlyQuest. Envious minus 300. <sighs> Congratulations. Yet another victory, you mean, mean person. I hate all of this. I, I, it was very close. I had uh, Envious minus 240. It was right in the middle of us at Envious minus 278. You were just a few points closer. That puts us to 7-9 and nine on the season in your favor. Um, I don't like this. I, I have work to do, clearly. So let, let's just dive into some smart money bets so I can at least help the viewers out and feel a little what, what bit better. What was the underdog value for FlyQuest? Uh, the underdog value was uh, plus 200. No, no, thank you. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think we need that. Smart money bets, Walter. Uh, yeah. We're taking Immortals plus 110 over zero. Yeah, absolutely. Right? absolutely. Yeah, that, that has to be done. What yeah. else do you want? Because I've found that if I don't let you pick, you're going to blame me afterwards. So this is all on you. Problem is there's not like anything really good. Like, I, I'd almost take, like, Cloud9 minus 125 over Dignitas. I think that's a, I think that's a great thing. Because I, I think Cloud9 needs the bounce back. And I don't see them going... Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see them going 0-2. Oh I, I, I think 2-0 is much more likely than, than a 1-1 or an 0-2. Because um, I, I just think that they do very well under pressure, usually. Yeah. You really don't like Dignitas taking a map against TSM? That that's where I'm looking. I just the problem is like this just feels like a, a 
they like I said, Team Liquid played scrappy against TSM. This just feels like a TSM comes out, wins four games in twenty nine minutes against Dignitas and Flyquest uh, and Echo Fox, and just gets ready for the playoffs. Like, yeah, th- this just feels like this week where TSM is like, all right, we were kind of sloppy against Liquid. Let's just come out, shut everyone else up, and establish ourselves as we're the de facto, we're you know a thousand percent the number one seed, and it you know you're gonna come to Boston, you're gonna have to beat us. That that's my only worry with that, but like yeah, it's likely that Dignitas can win a game. I, well, I think that uh, Sunday versus Hauntzer is kind of a that that's the matchup that does scare me. Do, do you feel better about taking Phoenix one to get a map over Cloud Nine, plus one hundred five to go to three maps? Do you feel more confident with that? It's about the same level, in all honesty. So I I would say TSM Dignitas three maps just gives okay. more value. Yeah, I, I I think that's I think that's fair. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough to get too much value uh, this week. Uh, you know the underdogs are super heavy underdogs, and for good reason. Uh, while a, a lot of the favorites, there's just not enough two O value there. But that's where we're gonna land. Immortals plus one ten over CLG, Cloud Nine minus one twenty five over Dignitas, TSM and Dignitas getting to three maps plus one ten, and this podcast has come to an end. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, you should subscribe here on YouTube or on SoundCloud. Uh, or you should, at the very least, keep up with us on Twitter, at Pod if you want to keep up with all of our news for all any shows that we do. We did two Final Cut movie episodes last week that, you know, if you guys like talking about films and you want to see what we thought about Baby Driver and Spider-Man Homecoming, you should totally check out. Absolutely. Um, and, we, and we try to do a lot of those side projects whenever we can, so definitely stay tuned for all of that. Of course, you can talk to us on social media. I'm not just in the comments section on YouTube. You can... I can. I love talking to you guys about anything I said today. Uh, at Redshirt King for me. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Yeah, and, and you don't even have to talk to us on social media. You guys can like hop into our Discord channel. There's there's yeah. a link down in the description where, like, I, I I don't tell my bosses, but I'm at work and I'll check the Discord. Like especially if I get like a notification that someone messaged me, which happens more frequently than I expected. So hop in on the Discord. You know, we all hang out in there. We don't just talk about League of Legends. We talk about life. Uh, we talk about movies, we talk about music, we just talk about, you know, what's going on. It's, it's a great group of people uh, that, you know, I, I'm going to call friends. It's great. It's nice. Meeting people on the internet is good fun. Uh, but if you do want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at C80s underscore LOL. And, and Chase, just, I know I've been crushing you, um, you know, in, in the guest lines this last couple weeks. You know, <sighs> I, was, I was a little nervous there. That last line got me a little nervous. I, I had to go check it. And make sure that I was closer than you. So, just so you know, I I, I was just right on the edge. But you know, the champ is the champ for a reason. So, yeah, I uh, I made my adjustments based on you making adjustments to me, which is getting a little silly now and where these mind <laughs> games are going. But I I, I really want this man. I, I'm down two. I, I'm only down two weeks. We've still got time. I I, I want to believe. I'm gonna I'm gonna put get back to the to the drawing board and and we'll be back next week Wednesday for Europe Thursday for North America like always and until next time bye internet you can follow the Rough Drafts podcast on all your favorite social media sites Twitter at Rough Drafts Pod Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts YouTube.com backslash Rough Dress Podcast, as well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Dress Podcast. 
The Rough Jazz Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at patreon.com backslash Pod. and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.